0: and how well he did that again. Scott Quinnell, a bust by Scott Duke. Scott Gibbs is through, Scott Gibbs has What an amazing...
1: Welcome to this week's edition of the Attacking Scrum podcast. We were just saying before we came on air that there's very little to talk about this week, is there? No, no Lions tour, no injuries to legendary Welsh captains. No, there actually might be no Lions tour, judging by the headlines that have been flying around today. Um, so we've we've done a bit of squad rotation. Dan Killick's in meltdown after after doing one in midweek. So we've we've brought in good friend of the show, Yestin George, to join us. How are you, Yestin? Um, I'm disconsolate, but I will brave bravely battle on. You know me. Even even Dan couldn't put a positive spin on this week, could he? Like there was no, there's no point bringing it, bringing Dan in. Even he is is uh, is gutted about it. And I'm, we- I'm made for this kind of stuff. I know this is this it. kind of morose contemplation. It's right up my street. I know this is this is like Andy Caddick with the new ball on a, a witch with a wicket with a nice bit of grass on top. This is then all over this. <laughs> yeah, one. absolutely fizzing to, to <laughs> fizzing to the keeper's hands. And we have got the mighty Murph with us as well. How are you, Murph?
0: F in miserable, mate. <laughs> miserable. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, I don't the, know. I mean, the, yeah. the only—I—I I, I don't want to uh, get too deep into the, you know, the Well, the rugby side, we will obviously. But I don't want to get too deep into the kind of uh, current affairs. But the only upside yesterday was Matt Hancock That's the yeah. only upside <laughs> that happened in the whole of that twenty-four hours. As, as I, we, uh, I was—I was telling you boys before
1: we came out. I was on a stag do yesterday and. Uh, we were in this place watching the football and obviously the football sucked the life out of me and that I don't know what time that news broke but we'd been on the source for for a good seven eight hours at this point and just for no real reason someone just started well for the reason that Matt Hancock resigned just started going across and the whole (laughs) pub just started joining in there was no lyrics there was no lyrics that that that, um, that you know, reference Matt Hancock at all, and the bouncers came over and told us to shut up. But um, uh, but yeah, it was it was a, a, a glimmer of enjoyment during that very uh, horrible two hours.
0: <laughs> I but, like the idea <laughs> of celebrating this, uh, the resignation of a health secretary, but for... <laughs> <laughs> nothing amazing. For that. <laughs> yeah, uh, take
2: that, Carol Cadwallader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And now, oh, live yeah. to Laura Kunzberg.
1: I know that's it. <laughs> Who
0: are you? Who are
1: you? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's, oh, I suppose we better bring it. We'll bring it back to rugby because, like I say, the, the football was was equally equally as depressing. But I don't know quite where to begin. We'll come on and talk about the game, but obviously, the talking point is is the injuries, in particular, Alan wynne Jones. I am just absolutely gutted. I honestly feel like as empty as I, I did after a, you know, after the World Cup semi-final defeat and after after losing against France, I feel that gutted for the bloke. Yep. <laughs> Correct.
0: <laughs> I, I, was, I was at my, uh, uh, my rugby club this morning because of the juniors and uh, the club chairman was there and we were talking about it. I was just saying that I, I think I've said it on here that this... This tour, if it had gone well, it would move Alan wynne Jones into the same sphere as Willie John McBride and whoever else you want to mention in the, you know, the Lions legends. But through, you know, no fault of his, nothing to do with his ability, his commitment, his focus, you know, all the perfect things that he he does, just the sporting gods, it won't happen. Uh, you know, he, he, you know, he could have gone and, and had an average tour, but it's unlikely. Uh, he could have gone on average touring, even if he hadn't been a successful tour. He's still, still from purely the statistics, uh, it would have been four tours, three more test appearances, you know, all that kind of thing. Even if they hadn't won the series, you know, I, I don't think you can ever kind of uh, redo those tours from the 70s. It was just no. something about that era. You couldn't recreate now in a professional era. But just, just by being there and being the captain for those three tests, he would have moved himself into the, you know, the high end of all all rugby history, and now it just through like one arm in a straight position. It's all bollocks. Do, do you think?
2: um Do you think it it, it will have? Well, the, the the bigger question to deal with later maybe is how much of an impact it'll have on the tour itself, or even the performance of the players and the team. Mm. But um it. It was, um, I thought the messaging was noticeably sort of, you know, this is not a crisis, we move on, we move on, we we move on. Um, I feel the same way. I feel like it it almost feels like, oh, should we not bother?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And as it happens, as it happens, that might be the case anyway. (laughs) Yeah, it might. Obviously, we'll touch on this headline. I'm guessing we might know a bit more by the time this podcast is published, but a couple of papers reporting today that the Lions were looking at contingency plans amidst, amidst a uh, further surge in, in cases in South Africa, plus three of the players have tested positive. I do feel like the tour will go ahead. I mean, the, the, I, I just checked the, the Lions Twitter account and it's the, whether it was a pre-scheduled tweet that says we're on our way or whatever. But I kind of feel like if they weren't going you know, to if they weren't travelling then we'd know about it i can't imagine they're going to get over there and it not happen i think they'll move heaven and earth and if that means moving the tests out of gauteng to somewhere else then um then i think they'll do that but that that the first game is in is in johannesburg isn't it which is where there's been a real there's been a real problem so yeah a hell of a lot for people to uh, to think about it's normally a ceremonial duty that one of what do they call it you know, the the the, the ex-player who always leads the tour, so this time it's Jason Leonard. I can't remember what role it is, but, you know, in the past, that must be a pretty cushy thing to, a pretty cushy role to have. Like, you know, you're, you're kind of managing the camp, I and mean, if things are going well, it's great. Bloody hell, like Jason Leonard must be thinking, this is not what I signed up for. I was, you know, I fancied the dinners and the, you know, getting, yeah, getting a few on the speeches. source. Yeah, yeah, a few
0: dinners, that was it, yeah.
1: Wheeling out, wheeling out his best stories. I mean, it's, mm. yeah. It's all into chaos. But to bring it back to your point about Alan Wynne Jones, I know what you mean, yesterday It's I think, you know, they will have to be a lot more um what's the word? Removed from the emotion of it than we are, because they've got to go out there and play. But it is just such a seismic blow. We said in we said in midweek, you just don't want any injuries during this game. But for it to happen to Alan Wynne is just incredibly cruel.
0: Uh, And tips, by the way, but just a couple of observations about everything seemed to happen in a whirlwind, Jesse, because I think it's because I was busy. Uh, But um, uh, First of all, in the second half, Halloween Jones is sat on the bench with his jacket on like nothing's happened, like he's just, you know, had a dead leg or something he's going to brush off. At that stage he must have known, you know, because mm. I think he knew before he before he even walked off a pitch that he was gone. They they I'd said say, on comms as well, didn't they?
1: They were like, you know, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but he he doesn't stay down. If he stays down, okay. it's because he's got he's got an injury.
0: Yeah, he, he actually he actually his face was re, uh, reeds in agony, like so. You know, there was no doubt that he had hurt. Uh, but anyway, he was sat on the bench like nothing happened. Uh, I know we're comparing chocolate with cheese by saying a normal person in the street, like I saw against someone like Alumim, but I would still be in the changing room punching the wall with my one remaining good arm for a good half hour and coming to terms with that. But he was just there, like he had his—I know some weird thing—he had his watch on. <laughs> I don't know why he had his jacket on and his watch was sticking out the front, so he'd bothered to put his watch on his on his best shoulder arm, um, which which by the way he couldn't lift to look at. Mm. So I don't know why he had, had it on in the first place. And then the other whirlwind then was the announcements of replacements and new and new captain and everything else it seemed to be two hours after the game finished. I don't know exactly what the timing was. I thought that was really quick. I thought that was like um, sack the coach in the car park quick. You know, well, what I, I mean, they could have waited till def- this morning.
1: Yeah, it could. That's true. But I suppose they're flying today, aren't they? So they had to make they had to make yeah. quick call. I, I, Injury wise, I imagine that list has been there for ages. You know, like we said, Josh Navidi being in there, which is the one ray of light about all of this nonsense. But you know, Josh Navidi being in the Wales squad, it, you know, we we knew that there must have been an outside chance that, that they were looking at him as a reserve. You know, Adam Beard. I don't think it's necessarily a huge surprise he's in there. Although anyone outside of Wales seems to think so.
0: Yeah, well, that's another thing that made yesterday seem like a whirlwind because there was a huge explosion of uh, Irish rugby Twitter going on about James Ryan. And then I think he's down
1: the the list for me, Johnny Gray. Johnny Gray, yeah, me too.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm still surprised Johnny Gray's not going. I I, I don't know what I'm seeing that other people aren't, but within a few hours of it blowing up on Twitter, it turned out James Wright had injured himself in training with Ireland last week. So he was never, even if he was on the list, he was never going to get picked anyway. So, but also, yeah. it was a mad night in terms of all the things that happened after the game, you know.
1: I'm, I'm avoiding. I'm avoiding social media this time. The last two tours have been so depressing and incredibly, um so parochial that I'm, yeah. I'm not. I'm not interested. Like you, I get it. You know, they're they're all good players now. We're not talking about <laughs> Dud players getting picked. here. It's like, do you know what I mean? It's these are marginal calls. They're all good, and whoever pulls on the chair, I'll I'll support them and back them. I just can't be doing with the the relentless bickering and rowing around it. And mm. all, I, all I can think is I'm so glad social media wasn't around in 2005 when Woodward picked that fucking side.
0: Well, probably the last, the last like innocent days of rugby, of Lions Tours was 2009. Because although yeah. Twitter had started, and everyone wasn't on it by that stage. So yeah. it was probably the last pre-social media tour we had. Like It was, because yeah, obviously by the,
1: by the time 13 rolled around, you had the bod, debacle and then yeah. whatever whatever the geography 6 in 2017 you know so yeah it's just part of You course got course.
2: um yeah it's it's like pray for Simon Thomas basically from the Western Mail pub <laughs> as soon as he as soon as he posts anything it's just like a thousand people just <laughs> respond to from you know it is non stop yeah. I it was weird one of this is so random even when Alan Wynn ran out, he chucked the lion really hard on the ground. <laughs> yeah, he did. did you yeah. noticed that?
0: Yeah, I did. I really did. I was
2: like, "Chill out, mate."
0: Yeah, a bit, Bill landed in an un- uncomfortable position as well. As so I'm concerned, he yeah, his legs he
2: looked sma- he looked smashed up. He looked like he dislocated his shoulder.
0: <laughs> but I, I thought that was one of the
1: right from the off. I thought there's something weird about today. <laughs> i had a text from one of my mates in the week actually and he's a massive massive rugby fan and uh gets particularly around the lions that's everything and he just said i don't know what it is but i can't get excited about the lions this time around like, i don't I, I don't understand what it is and also i just find it ridiculous fully grown men walking around with a <laughs> with a cuddly with a cuddly toy lion i was like yeah it is a bit strange when you uh when you put it like that but yeah, yeah you're right it was it was very odd um Let's let's bring it round to uh, to the surprise announcement of replacement captain. So Connor Murray is going to be is going to be tour captain. My guess is that Gatland is seeing something here that that perhaps we we haven't seen. Is it is it because he's probably one of the one of the few names on the team sheet already? What 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 do we think is going on here then? lads? after you, yes. Well,
2: I. I thought it was odd because, particularly because Ken took the captaincy on the on the pitch yeah. yesterday. That was the thing that made it. When it raised my eyebrow. I mean, it makes sense from an experience point of view, and you can trot that stuff out. Um, and I guess you make a valid, a key point there, where he's he's probably one of the few players that you know. Uh, you know, uh, allowing for injury that he'll be starting the first test anyway, before, you know, any panic stations happen if it doesn't go right or whatever. So there's a, there's a logic to it. But uh, obviously, he's not, it's not, it's not something he's done. (laughs) And I, I can't help thinking, oh, I don't know, from a political point of view, you, you know, I'm sure that they don't consider it for a millisecond. But from a political point of view, that the English will
1: be a will
2: be fuming, won't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the the interesting thing though is like you couldn't give it to Owen Farrell because it's there is at the, at the moment he's not in that he's not in the 23. I don't think he might tour really well. There'll be injuries. He might get in, uh, but I think at the moment he's he's struggling to make the 23. Now. The other candidate is Marotoje, which, you know, as you said before, I think I think would be a would be an excellent choice. But Gatland is obviously not sure about him and is either thinking, well, this is far too big a deal for me to chuck him in as his first major captaincy, or he just wants to kind of remove him of any of the additional pressures and and concentrate on his game. But yeah, I, I certainly didn't see Connor Murray coming as the as the uh, you know as the as the the choice. Murph, what's your take?
0: Yeah, I, uh, someone WhatsApp me the replacements, and um, Conor Murray was like, that's unlikely, and Josh Navidi, who we know was at a dodgy shoulder, that's something, and then Adam B and I, I like, said, this is a wind-up. But it turns out they're all true. And Conor Murray, I just assumed it would, because of the way the betting went in the build-up to the tour, they would turn to Marrow, because yeah. in the absence of Alan when Marrow becomes even more of a guaranteed starter. But if you go beyond Marrow, it, it is actually not easy to get, say who's a guaranteed uh, test starter. Well, yeah, Ken Owen is not. Ken Owens is not a guaranteed. No, tester. I think that's, and I don't
1: think at the moment he wouldn't be starting. I don't think.
0: But I think he might be a, a guaranteed twenty-three, hmm. and not necessarily starting the game. So, uh, and then you know, if you go through the side, there are people. Uh, you know, you could say Tyke Furlong is almost uh, guaranteed, but. He, he's hard never, hard never hard captained hard. anyone. So then it, it, I saw something about—I don't know if I had dreamt this—but something about the, some of the players would have nominated Owen Farrell to be captain.
1: No, I did see that was the story that ran earlier in the week, and I don't know what it was. It was something about. Yeah. Luckily,
0: it's not up to the players. <laughs> yeah. But why were they asked? Like it was—it was. It was a yeah, yeah. I—I I, I don't know what the source was for that. It sounded like a bit made up because even if they did vote, why would they release it to the? press I, I it didn't that's why i wasn't sure if i'd read it or properly but um yeah it is tricky it, it,
1: um i think toby i think toby's a starter but again toby's just not you know he's never captained anyone is he you know he's, he's brilliant quiet. there as he is he's he's, he's a very quiet guy
0: there's not if you if you go into it that way there's not a lot of natural leaders in the squad really outside that's of o'carol uh, and conor murray doesn't even captain island very much so
1: no he doesn't I, i'm surprised looking at yesterday's performance again one of the, the I, let, let's actually quickly talk about the performance because i thought it was good i thought I, good... I was kind of expecting it to be having heard the result i thought oh this might be a bit of a you know a, a labored victory but I'm really sure they won the game in the first half um it was it was a, obviously an odd game because of the feel after alan and jones went off but. As first as first tour games go, that's got to be one of the more convincing ones. You think back to two thousand and nine, we were garbage then. Can't really remember what happened in thirteen, but we weren't particularly good four years ago. So it's uh, yeah, I mean that that side was good, but bigger in particular, I thought was fantastic. And I was just thinking as it happened, I was like, why hasn't Dan bigger captain sides more often? I, I don't know why it is because he's obviously like he's he's you know he's always telling players what to do and they and they listen.
2: Yeah.
1: So, and he's, you know, and the guy feels no pressure. It's absurd. He's like the most unWelsh guy in terms of dealing with pressure that I've ever seen play, play sport for Wales. I include Alan Wynn in that. I just think he doesn't feel it. Like, or, or he gets off on it. Like, the, the bigger the pressure, the more you trust Dan Bigger to deliver. And I kind of feel like, yeah, I don't know. If it was me, that probably would have been my, that probably would have been my candidate.
0: Yeah, well, the fact that he's never done it, at club level, either suggests that everyone's sick. The sound of his voice in the team, and so <laughs> if we make him captain, he's going to be talking even more than he does when he's just number ten. I, I you're right. I can't see why he hasn't captained more sides. About, uh
2: you know, was Stuart Hogg's name is always mentioned, but you are you concerned about him starting in the test
1: team? I don't think he's guaranteed yet. I I would start him, and I think he probably will. You know, if if everything goes according to plan i think he probably is favorite to play yeah. 15 but he's no, by no means guaranteed because of the strength in in the back three and i think that we know how good liam is under the high ball and that'll be massive so i think that's the issue
0: to- i think if, if, if after close gonna kick the leather off it you pick liam williams
1: i'd pick what well, yeah well at the, the moment I'd pick, I'd, the I'd pick williams on i'd pick williams on the wing just to add to, to bolster that because i don't think hog's bad on the high ball at all i think mean, he's I think he's good under the high ball and he can return the ball with interest if you're playing at altitude as well. So and he's off as a running threat. So I, I think
2: he looked he looked so sharp yesterday. He looked very, very sharp
0: yesterday. Who, Liam? Uh no, um Stuart Hogg. Oh, did he start the game after? because yeah. I've I've recorded that and I haven't um, uh, yeah. It yet. yeah. No, he looks good. I can't wait to watch that because that that's a... am saving it for the tonight. That's a... Uh, Open play over the, up the jumper victory again, which is um, yeah always always uh, always good in my. Well, interest. Adam
2: Jones is the happiest was the happiest man in Wales official yesterday. <laughs> there is no competition. <laughs> he was by far the happiest man in Possibly Wales. the only happy man in Wales.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he will actually no when you say that. Baldwin. <laughs> well, no, because no, because Adam Jones is really good mates with uh, Alan Win. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you, I think by the time he'd really, like, he would really. By the time he looked at his phone after the game, he would have been oh shit. Possibly if he was if he was sober enough, I don't know. He didn't look like he was going to be worrying
2: too much about anything when he was on the pitch. He was jumping up and down like a goodun. It was um, it was great to see, really wow. lovely.
1: Right, we're going to take a quick break now. Obviously, when we come back, we'll be talking more about the Lions' fallout. We'll be looking at the replacements as well. We might even be talking about other Stagdo stories, who knows, or politicians <laughs> Politicians in football Chance? Who knows, if you've got any of them, let us know. Uh, but right now, we're going to take a
0: very quick break.
1: the second half of the attacking scrum podcast right let's let's look further into the into the game itself obviously these games are there to kind of iron out iron out the the wrinkles and for people to get used to playing with each other any combinations yesterday that you spotted that that kind of took your eye that you thought actually that's something that could could really do a a job in the test series I mean, I, I think we were all, you know, we're
2: excited about the all the prospects in the back three, um, and the, uh, the back row obviously was destabilized quite significantly with um, Toby coming on, and so effectively not in a, having a an open side. But the back row functioned quite well, anyway, as you would expect. But I, I was quite impressed by Henshaw and and um, Bundiaki. Mm. I thought they both looked really at the races, uh, and I—that is a combination that doesn't. I'm not saying that it's—it's it's not an impactful combination by any means, because it's they clearly are. But it—it it suddenly looked like. Also, Bundyaki looks like he's actually—he looks bigger than Carl Sinclair. Mm-hmm. You know, like, how guy. can you get? How can you get any
0: bigger? <laughs> so, 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 I think, it might have been. Oh, Paul Williams, maybe said for some reason, Bundyaki looked bigger in red. <laughs> you look, know. He looked uh, huge. He training, I don't
1: know. Isn't, isn't it like, um, like Peter Cech used to wear? Um, used to wear an orange uh, goalkeeping jersey because he felt it made him look bigger, even bigger than he was already. <laughs> uh, maybe there is something about that red-orange it's... color palette that just makes you look bigger.
2: Mm. Yeah, but they did look. I thought they. Don't, don't you think the centres look look sharp? And obviously, I agree yeah, with the you, t- Dan. That Dan. Stan is just a, you know, he just seems so settled bigger. He just seems, well, that's my place. That's me sorted. Bearing in mind that it's not, you know, it's with all the kerfuffle and palaver and everything about who plays 10 and what sort of game they're going to play and stuff. It just seemed like, well, that's, you'd have to be a damn fool to say, oh, well, that's not going to work.
1: It did seem like 9, 10, 12, 13. Yep. That, that is, I mean, they, they certainly look good. The one question mark I had based on yesterday was Bundyaki looks a bit vulnerable to pace around the outside. Yeah. And I think that South Africa will, you know, they've got loads of threats in their back, in their back line. Um, you know, whether it's one of the wingers coming off the, coming off and looking for work, that, that would be my one concern about Bundyaki. But it was great going forward. The, I suppose the problem is that playing those two power centres against Japan who are a great side, but not the most physical, you know, you just saw they got massive gain line um, plowed over the gain line by using the two big centers. And I think that, you know, you're not going to be able to do that against the spring box. You just, you will, you will not be given that. So I don't know. I don't know if the centers are, are, are nailed on, but certainly good performances. I think Henshaw's Henshaw's been in really good form. And I think he, he at the moment is definitely starting in the, in the tests. I'm still not sure about the the partner there though. What about, what about you, Murph?
0: Well, nine and ten look really assured, don't they? Yeah, I mean they must have played together for the Lions before on the last tour. I can't I imagine. Think, I
1: think bigger played for. Yeah. yeah, I think bigger played four or five games, didn't he, on the
0: last tour? So he, yeah, but I'm sure they played together. it looked like they had a real understanding. Obviously, they were getting good quality ball and everything else. So a bit different when you got you know Peter Steffitoy bearing down on you and what have you. Uh, but, yeah, there was a few combinations. I, 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 if you want to be, try and find some positives for Welsh people, that Josh Adams finished, although it was only about four or five yards out, yeah. like he had four men on top of him, yeah. and he managed to wriggle through. So that, that was I enjoyed that. And then, um, do I have had the murder of who, who, I, who I was uh, champion in, shall I say, for when we were selecting our squad, because he's, he's easily sharper than uh, Johnny May these days. Uh, and he he backed up my selection (laughs) yeah I mean I
1: know obviously there was a there was a gaping hole on that right hand side but it's the kind of opportunities off his wrong
0: off his wrong wing though off his
1: wrong wing and also he he looked up and spotted it and just ghosted in without any any problems sometimes in a warm-up game they're the the chances that go begging and they're the ones that they freeze frame at half time and show you the, the big gap there because in the first game that sharpness isn't there
0: but well, also because in their first game, they're trying to fit into the pattern they've been told to fit into, and they yeah. they tend to stop looking up. Um, so, he's, he's yeah, really it,
1: got a try scoring instinct, hasn't he? And I th- both yeah. both those wingers do. So, you know, I think that that was that was encouraging. You you
0: you right, the point you made earlier it was uh, probably more cohesive than any uh, cash in game, as I like to call them, the pre tour game than i can remember in recent times so um but you know japan were a little bit disappointing Mm. um they just didn't cope with the power at all so i thought they looked like
1: they looked like a side who hadn't played not that they weren't finding each other passes but they looked like they hadn't had the intensity of a of a test match and whether that was a test match or not i can't they played
0: georgia or something recently i think yeah it obviously didn't yeah
2: and michael leach you know you think about michael leach scoring those tries against england on wide and you know and every time he got the ball wide he just didn't look like he had that same zip or anything he's you know he's isn't he about
1: 48 now anyway i actually i actually think he's only like
0: 31 i don't think he's that old, michael leach um... you actually did with that uh that thing about um Uh, footballers in in the 70s who look who look in their 50s but they're actually 25 he would he would fit into that kind well, of thread quite well and the
2: reverse the reverse of that is all the all the players in the under 20s who look like they're 32. <laughs>
0: um it's like no way any of these players are 19 years old they they got tonked by the way on friday night. that was another great welsh night
2: yeah, no, it started well, didn't it, on Friday night? It was yeah. thoroughly miserable, really, to, really miserable.
1: It's going to be a grim un, under twenties, this one, isn't it? We said sometimes, you know, that you can tell when a crop are, are playing well together, and, and you can tell when they're just not, they're not at the races, and it, it feels like it's going to be a different. I think board. they're
0: a good side, though, uh, Ireland. Um, yeah, they, they, you know, they've had the whip hand over us for a couple of seasons, and yeah, that nine is dynamite. He yeah. Really is. yeah, he's amazing. Dope. Yeah, and if you think about. It, Probably, Leinster under twenties would do well in this tournament because they spend so much on their academy. Uh, I don't know how how Leinster dominated that Irish side was, but if you think about how strong you know the amount of players they're churning out just in that province alone, it makes absolute sense that the the Irish side is going well. I think Wales
2: has got individual interest. You know, we've got plenty of players who individually are look promising, but there was no sense of cohesion again no no sense of knowing what they were doing outside when you think about the the fact that you've got a 10 and a 12 who both played uh you know regional rugby already quite a few times they just didn't look like authoritative enough really
1: mm. god it really is a laugh a minute this week isn't it? oh yeah 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 <laughs> well
2: what do you want you know i got selected it's like <laughs> it's like asking you know adam beard to be a to, to be
0: said davis to play 10 that. <laughs> it's not just. Go- it's just not going to happen. Sorry, <laughs> you know. And while we're on the subject, uh, Geraint Thomas doesn't look like he's going to. Oh, uh,
1: don't talk! I haven't seen the cycling yet. <laughs> well, don't worry. You can
0: base it on yesterday. <laughs> it doesn't look like he's going to be challenging for the, uh, the yellow jersey this year. It's partly
2: because there are some absolute mad nutter geniuses around. It's like yeah,
0: it's a new generation coming through. When you off you know when, scale. When, when when they when they kick. Uh, you know, when they're all like kind of uh, blowing out their ass and then suddenly someone kicks again and they all follow him, the the, the kind of, there's a, these two Slovenians, Roglic and Pogacar and then the other boys just go with them. And, uh, you know, the, the regular uh, human yeah. cyclists can't, can't do it anymore. So yeah, it's
2: worth seeing
1: Jed. It's worth, worth
2: yeah. catching
0: up with. Yeah. So I, I've got the, um,
1: I tend to I tend to avoid the result of that and then watch the and then watch the highlights at the end of the day because it's ITV do a good job of putting that into an hour. Yeah, they
0: do. I mean, it's a massive it's a massive time sponge. Otherwise, if you're watching it live, I know. Mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's on a par with cricket. Yeah,
1: exactly. I love that phrase, time sponge. That's
2: brilliant.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got a few times sponges in my life.
1: <laughs> I just can't get over the amount. I, I thought I used to watch a lot of sport, Murph, but the the amount that you managed to cram I mean, like rugby alone, like every game of rugby, you you tend to have seen, like you know whether you've got any vested interest in the league or not.
0: You know, you, you <laughs> yeah, but you're a, young, you're a young father, Jed. You you've got this to come when 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 you, when your kids get to the age where they don't even want to be in the same room as you. You've got all the time in the world. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully there'll be better news by then I am really hoping I honestly had this phrase in my head before we came on air I was like I'm hoping this is the lowest point in the summer of sport. I just hope it doesn't get worse than this. <laughs> well, just... it was weird, isn't it? Because it was such an exciting day. I
2: mean, there was so much going on. It felt almost unreasonable because there was so much sport. So mm-hmm. obviously, which Murph was covering on all angles with six tellies on. Nicky mm-hmm. wires always got more than one telly on at the same time, apparently. Really? That's how he catches up with sport. He's yeah. just got multiple TVs with sport on each, different sport on each uh, screen. That's his, that's his. You know, that's his bag. For a
0: while, split split screen TVs were going to be a big thing, weren't they? Yeah, remember that, but it didn't catch on. I, I don't do I don't do multiple screens. I, no, I just I don't. Uh, I'm a flicker. The last channel button, last channel, last channel, and then also the something will get relegated to my TiVo, and I'll catch it later on. And that, yeah. that is, that's a big time saver because you can just skip the oh commercials games and games the rugby,
1: bullshit. Games, games of rugby gone for two and a half hours now. Like it's um, it's the it's the the kind of if it's a if it's a pro 14 game and i'm watching it on uh, on catch up i will do a lot of zipping through like i'm not waiting for you to (laughs) i'm not waiting for you to to form the scrum or the line out it's like zip zip zip
0: zip i've just got to get i've got to get through it um yeah (laughs) or check if someone's foot was in touch 500 times on tmo yeah, and you, can, and, you can make a really good guess on the first viewing and then just forward fast.
1: And when it, when it when it comes to the captain's challenge or snitches get stitches, as we like to call it, Murph, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, you can you can forget that. Right, lions though. Let's um, oh God, I'm trying to put a positive spin on this. This is this is horrendous, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but Josh, Josh Navidi, seriously, heading out there, which is the only thing I can do if in times of crisis, turn to Josh Navidi. They must be confident that they can get him up to match fitness for the for the test match because there's no shortage of options in the back row. There's lots of players that you you could have taken. So I just I just think that there must be this level of confidence that they're able to um, they're able to to put in him and say right a couple of games and he'll be he'll be ready. I'm
2: quite surprised that um, they didn't take Underhill, even though that I. Uh, even though he's, he didn't look particularly in form. But, um, and, you know, you know that Josh, at, when he's fit and at his best, he's is absolutely fantastic. But because it's a calculated risk, because he's been injured, because he hasn't had any match time for quite a while, I did think, really? um And, yeah, I, I, I also think, you know, we've talked only about Alan Wynn, and tips couldn't have been more of a kind of quiet let's leave the pitch let's not you know barely barely a notice so you know and it clearly looked like his game was well over beyond that match because he just trudged off and i just it, it could you even say that maybe that loss is as significant as losing alan Wynn, even though it's not talismanic obviously and and all of our focus has been on alan Wynn. But from a purely from a playing point of view, what Tipperick offers you is unlike anybody else, as they always say. And he might have only been in the match day, you know, squad rather than in the starting. But I don't know. Yeah,
1: I think he would have still been. I think strangely, Navidi has a better chance of making the, the match day twenty-three than Tips does. I think you've taken tips because he we know what he's capable of doing, you know, the the handling ability and everything else. But I'm not saying Gatlin isn't isn't a fan of him because obviously he's you know, he's picked him at, at World Cups and everything else. But I think if you looked at the players who Gatlin goes to time and time again, the Warburtons, the Alan Wynne-Joneses, Bigger became one of those. I think Navidi is more of one of those players who he just says, this guy can win you a test match. I think he still thinks that more of him than maybe Tipperick. I don't know. I, you know, obviously, obviously he rates him, but I think that I think Tips would have maybe needed an injury or something to to get into that test side, just because I think there's going to be such a focus on the breakdown over, you know, over the stuff that Tiprick does does incredibly well. But I don't know.
0: What, what do you reckon, Murph? It's interesting because I think in some uh, ways Tipperick gets more adulation and respect from overseas than Alan Winters does. does, yeah, because not not many players have got a Justin Tiprick in this. Not many. Not many international sides or club sides have got a Justin Tipperick in their side, whereas I think lots of uh, countries and clubs have got gnarly number fours, which is effectively what Alan Win is. Obviously, he takes it to a different level. But so you know, we get adulation from the Kiwis, you know, Justin Tipperick, because he can play such an open game and everything. So um, yeah, the, and going back, going back to Josh Navidi is I don't think I don't think they left much of a the chance. They they must have had some. T- to take him on the tour at notice, they must have had some report on his condition or some kind of assessment of his shoulder strength. And I don't think they would just, you know, uh, they obviously, I I assume they knew James Ryan had injured himself playing uh, in training and what have you. So, um, yeah, and uh, the Adam Beard thing, when they say, uh, I mean, we don't know what's going through Gatlin's mind, but when people are comparing him to, say, uh, Johnny Gray or whatever, it's uh, Adam Beard's more defence. Definitely. probably his strongest suit, along with his line at work. And that, that is going to be important if you're playing against any of the box sides. So
2: That that quote that somebody churned out this morning on Twitter, which said, you know, Gatlin, Gatlin's quote of, uh, you can't coach somebody to be six foot eight. <laughs> it was a kind of telling <laughs> it was a lovely little
1: phrase' I've not seen that one that's brilliant yeah it's true i mean i mean more the bloody pity i would ask i would add yeah, it's um he is he is one of those guys i think obviously he was, he was dropped for the autumn but he worked so hard and i think it had such a good six nations that i don't i don't have a, a problem with him being out there at all i think you know he's earned life. it but yeah, personally, I probably would have gone for Johnny Gray. I think I don't know whether I'm getting Stockholm syndrome from doing so many of these with Murph.
0: <laughs> um, I got a, I got a theory about uh, Adam Beard when he finished. So just I, I'll jump in at the end. No, go right now. I want to hear this. Well, there was a for the Japan World Cup. I noticed across some, some of the forwards, particularly Alan Win and some of the others, it got right down to their fighting weight. Really lean. Alan Wynne in particular, and Adam Beard. But Alan Wynne, when he's at this fighting weight, still looks like a tank. But mm. Adam Beard, I think, in that in that period, ta- time period, looked quite stringy, and ended up playing himself out of the squad. I think in the meantime, he's built himself. I mean, this could be just purely me looking at him, and weight might be exactly the same. I don't know. But from it's, it's my, the my Bundyaki,
2: is, this is the Bundyaki theory as well. <laughs> the <word.
0: laughs> yeah, he's been playing in red. Yeah. Uh, no, and he, he just looks like he's filled out again, and then he's more effective. It, it happened to actually uh, Gethin Jenkins, uh, no, yeah, Gethin Jenkins when he went to Toulon. For some reason, he, he was, at that stage, they had Andrew Sheridan and Gethin Jenkins as their loose-head props, which is ridiculous, and some reason, Gethin Jenkins lost a lot of weight when he was down in South of France, and when he came back, his, in my eyes, his scrummaging had gone backwards, and then they... When he came back, up, well, either before he came back from France or after he came back from France, he put got back on the pies, and, uh, and he was back to his back to his old self as, as the scrumager went. So, with front five forwards in particular, just a stone or half a stone either way can can throw off your game. Well, any any position actually, you can throw off your game. And um, I think if you're in the front five in this era, you need to be, you know, heavy. Especially so,
1: that, especially down there. I but I think I think you. You might be reading too much into that Murph. The more I think about this, colours—he's, you know, he's come back and he's playing for this in the slimming Oscar's black. <laughs> I wasn't
0: referring to his uh, colours. I, I'm not a fashion guy. <laughs> Just literally, I'm, I'm a deltoids guy and a, and a, <laughs> a quads guy, and uh, he, um, he looked really lean in the last World Cup and ended up losing his place in the squad. So, um, now we're okay, see it's again. interesting.
2: Uh, is there, um, you know, would you? Would you have looked at alternatives to to if you were looking at alternatives to either apart from Johnny Gray? Are you was there anybody else in the frame? Do you think
1: or and and also with with Navidi as well? Given that Ryan's injured, I think it is it was Johnny Gray or Adam Beard. I would say um,
0: no outside of the English forwards they picked n- none of the other ones like Ewell's and someone else who got used. They didn't they didn't have good enough seasons to be considered so. It was quite a short list, I think. Probably in the yeah. end, uh, the back row was more complicated. Yeah. Uh, but I, like, not surprising to me, because I would have had the, I would have had a VD first up. But, uh, yeah, you know, I also good. think with the back row,
1: you need a, you need an out and out seven there, where where you've got so many locks who also play at six, and you know, judging by it, it looks like Tyke Byrne is is going to be a very strong contender for wearing six in the in the test series that I think you need a proper a proper over the ball fetcher and that then puts you into certainly Navidi. But outside of that, you know, Richie, I, I wouldn't have had a problem with Richie going because I think he's just a complete bastard. He's in a way. six though. He is a six, but he's very strong over the ball. I think he's very good. Like again, you give Arthur Child like him and him and Watson are like, I think he only wears six because Watson wears seven. I think yeah. I think they're both like Hooper and Pocock type. Yeah. um, you know, like a pair of wild dogs. Um, but Navidi does that really, really well, obviously Underhill hill is a six, but he is also, I think he's good enough over the ball to be a seven as well. Um, but you're right. He's not really having had a lot of time out injured. He's not really hit that same level of form. Um, and I think if you're taking a gamble on someone's best form, I don't know, I think Underhill's best form and Navidi's are, are, are close. But I think yeah, as long as Navidi's fit, it will be easier for him to get up to that that top quality. He doesn't need a lot. he's a bit like Sam that he doesn't need a lot of game time to to come out and put in huge test match performances and and I think he's yeah I think he's got a good shot of making that of making the twenty three now because of his six seven eight ability. You you what you won't have in a test um, in a test match scenario is what happened yesterday. Your seven going off and you ending up with a a, a five slash six in burn and two eights. So I think, um, you know, that again, I just think it just gives him that versatility. You know that if he's on the bench or on the pitch, he's going to cover you on any of those, on any of those positions and can do it well.
2: And do, do you, what about uh, how does this knock on for Wales
1: for their squad? Yeah, I, don't, I haven't seen anything on that, whether they've called anyone else up. Uh, my guess would be, I don't know. I mean, this, again, in the, in the back row, you could pick any of both, the, you know, all the regions. But yeah, there's Jack Morgan wasn't in the side. Ollie Griffiths wasn't in the squad. So there's there's no shortage of of quality there that you can call upon. And then in the second row, I don't know. I mean, I guess it kind of opens the door to. Well, there's two gaps now. Yeah.
0: Co- corey,
1: I yeah, uh, think. Well, um, Screech, Screech has been Screech. called up.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Screech,
1: Screech is in there. I mean, my guess is maybe it will be. Oh, Seb Davis wasn't selected. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because he would probably be the next cab off the rank in terms of caps and experience, but you kind of get the feeling that Pivak didn't pick him for a, a reason. I don't think he fancies him personally, but I don't, you know, I don't know that. But then are you sending out a message to him if you don't pick him now that you've got no chance and the door's closed? Do you get him in the squad to you know, to try and nurture him and bring him back up and get back to you know some good form.
0: Well, also if it's not Seb, then who?
1: Well, then I think you start looking at, um, at maybe Rhys Davis at the at the Ospreys or someone. I think he's had a good, I think he's had a good solid season. You know, and he's young enough to to prove whether he can do it at, at top international level. Um, so I'd like
2: them to think that they could turn Seb Davis into a reliable, uh, you know. Permanent fixture of the Wales squad. I mean, he's got all the attributes, but uh, surely, surely he can be. I mean, obviously, I'm saying this from just because I like him galloping down the wing in the first half of a game and throwing a basketball pass inside, you know, rather than what he's actually paid to do. (laughs) Uh, But surely the the paid to do bit is is that not? I mean, he's big enough, no, Murph yeah yeah he's a lump uh he's a lump he's athletic (laughs) uh is it a case of do you think i mean i hate to you know it's harsh on somebody you've never you don't know anything about at all but are they questioning whether he's got the the dog in him you know i've got a you know my mate john lewis who who Played for whole for years. He's, he's all about the dog in the second <laughs> no, row. It's like dog, 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 and I'm like, no, <laughs> you
0: it's can't basketball, you basketball. Can't, basketball. You can't punch up. anyone anymore. Anyway, so dog has got not a lot to do with it. You know, yeah. it, it, my uh, my um, I think it was my youth coach. It's not about the what's the saying he used to say. It's not, it's not the, the, size the size of the dog in the fight. fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Yeah. Which uh, but it's in fairness used to work on me when I was seventeen.
2: <laughs> but is that not what? Is a is that what is that what's missing in Seb Davis's game? I, it, yeah, yeah, I, I think don't think
0: it is. I think it's just tight work is not a not a strong, strong enough suit at this stage. But if you think about it, Corey's no longer a Welsh player. Alan wynne Jones. There's rumours that he might get cheesed off and wrap wrap it in. I mean, whether he actually does, I don't know. But we could be down two top class international second rows. You know, I mean, he's, mm, he's- probably not, but at least one anyway. So.
2: Am I not Mm -hmm. thinking that Seb's the closest thing to Corey in terms of uh,
1: athleticism? One play, uh, (laughs) Jed. Literally, I saw the furrow on your brow before I'd even (laughs) finished that sentence i mean what one thing i i need to this probably does wrap up the uh cory hill being my ex-boyfriend um scenario now doesn't it because he's gone back to his ex and it hasn't worked and i told him it wouldn't and now he's found, found someone more younger a, a lovely japanese lady so he's right yeah. like, out there with loads of money with loads of money she's rich and successful and i told you it would never work going back to carlis um so we can finally we can finally bury that one but uh I just think that with Seb, and I'm big, I'm a big fan of Seb Davis. I want him to be brilliant because I love, I love the basketball passes and the side steps and, and everything else. It's great, but you're right. He hasn't. I think to bring it back to my forced horse racing analogy, his best form is not. We haven't seen a, a Seb Davis performance yet that that makes you say that this guy is definitely top level international. Um, but I hope, I hope we, I hope we do get to see that because he's got. You know he's got he's got loads to like about him.
0: I I, I don't know if he'll ever be um, first choice for Wales, mm-hmm. but it's whether he can cement a place in the squad more than anything else. I mean, as it, it, time goes on now, the progression is going to be Will Rowlands. Uh, I mean, we just lost Jake Ball as well. I mean, yeah. uh, In a country that's short of resources, on second row.
1: Will Rowlands yeah. isn't young, by the way, either. I think you know he's he's late he's late twenties, I think, isn't he? Um, yeah. Hey, me a baby compared to Allen.
0: Well,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> But um, yeah, I, uh, there's there's big problems now. Actually, you're right because I mean, I who knows? Alan Wynn could come back from this and mm. and play then play the next bloody Lions tour. If you know, if if anyone could, yeah, yeah, yeah anyone yeah. could. It would be yeah. out of spite uh, for his injury. Yeah. Out of spite for his injury, yeah. And yeah. and you know, you'd be a brave man not to pick him. Uh, so you'd be chucking that lion teddy thing around. <laughs> He'd be- <laughs> he drop
0: kicking
1: it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't. I don't know what. The, I mean. It, it does pose some 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 questions. And because uh, we were looking at we were looking at
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> that teddy, you'd be dropping that teddy. Yeah. this Effectively, is a teddy, isn't it? If someone's Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah they, put, it, they put a lot of emphasis on it, though. It's, it's a, you're well, you're right, right to say it's all gone mad. Yeah, but I mean, it's been there for it's forever,
1: though, hasn't it? It's always been a it's always been a thing, hasn't
0: it? Yeah, they bought a they bought a nicer one though, because the other one had gone. Oh well, yeah, it's
1: the modern professional era, isn't it? It's not this yeah, yeah. dogged old yeah. Yeah, they had to put the other ones down, I think. But
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: but yeah, I don't know. I mean, like to go back to the second row because we were looking when we covered the Corey Hill stuff on on Wednesday or Thursday, whenever it was. It's I think we were looking at it from like a club perspective and what it might mean. You're right. It's just like the second row is now down to. Losing him, Jake Ball, and obviously Alan Wynn's now injured. It does yeah, it leaves a big I think the big the big hope is Ben Carter. Yeah,
2: I was just gonna um, say it's a lot of there's a
1: lot of expectation. Come on, Ben. And that's a lot of, <laughs> that's a lot of pressure to put on a guy who's twenty, I think, and has played is you know, has played half a season of professional rugby in the Rainbow Track Cup. You know, it's not Oh um, no,
0: the, no, the first time he caught my eye was in Europe.
1: Oh yeah he, yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah.
0: And funny enough, there is two uh, lumps of second rows in the under 20s squad at the moment. Uh, Joe Peard, I can't forget the name of the other one. They're both big boys. Whether whether they can make the leap into senior rugby afterwards, I don't know. I, quite often they can't, but you know they look they look apart at the moment. So hopefully they'll come on.
1: Yeah, the I mean the other guy is the is the lad who went from Cardiff to Exeter, isn't it? His name's Christ something. He's a, he's a second row, isn't he? Yeah, Christ Schunzer. Uh, is he not second row?
2: He played for, he played for, didn't he play for England at one point?
1: No, he trained, he trained. With, oh, he uh, yeah, trained. It, it was one of those things where it's like he turned up and he, he had no intention of playing for England. It was a, um, had had no opportunity to play for Exeter. So turned up for a training or, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like Moriarty. Exeter are poaching him at the age of 19. There's something there you know again you we all thought that the, the gap from from age grade rugby up is massive so but I kept them, on you, thinking about your Harrison Keddy thing because I
2: you know when I when Keddy I was just I worshipped mm. Keddy when he was playing for the 20s and then obviously recognized how challenging and he's had ter- he's had really rough injuries as well but he's doing a great
1: he's doing a great he's doing a great job, he's doing
2: a great job I know
1: and he's yeah. yeah, he's tremendous. He's he really is. I, uh, um, yeah, I we we did we did a pod with him a couple of a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. I, went, I went to his parents' house and had a cup of tea with him. He's just he's a lovely, lovely bloke as well. So I'm delighted that he's playing, you know, playing well. And he's one of those. It's funny when you chat to the pros that there's me talking like I'm mates with all of them, but it's like you kind of there are people who see it as a job, and there are people who are just absolutely obsessed with rugby. And he's one of those guys. He says like when he's not when he's not playing, he'll go and watch Killian or he'll he'll watch every game of rugby like Murph, he'll watch every game of rugby on telly. Whereas other guys we've spoken to are just like, well, you know, it's it's my job, I train, I work hard, I want to get better at it, but I've got a life outside rugby.
2: Yeah, a lot of the best players that uh that I I played with or were friends with, you know, boys who were in the you know, in the Swansea senior squad, age eighteen and were, you know, from Andy Booth and in that era, during that era rob rob jones's kind of era as well they were they they often didn't i'm not saying rob and Andy, but a lot of them didn't bother watching rugby if they weren't playing they weren't interested. yeah and it's quite an interesting quite. I, I'm, I'm sure you're you're right jed there's almost like a 50 50 split of those who were playing to play and those who were who were just obsessed
1: with with the game. I think as well, when you get to the professional era, you know, it's it's difficult because, you know, you've, I don't know, you might not even be that into rugby. It's just like, you know what, I'm really, I started playing this sport, I'm really good at it and it's my job now. And, you know, you kind of get that. Whereas obviously everything from our eyes is just like, oh my God, you play this sport, you know, it must be it must be the best thing in the world and you forget all the, the crap that must go with it. Can I take it back to being
2: really miserable again momentarily? Um, <laughs> Please. That's a really poignant kind of, uh comparison with there was uh ellis james's feast of football podcast uh that um danny capadon and dave edwards are on um and they both said that they find it much harder and were far more emotionally moved by yeah, watching by watching the uh what's going on um in it as as ex-players than they were as they were involved so they basically cared more yeah, they care more now than yeah. they cared when they were actually appearing in the Euros. But
0: I think Danny said something like it is uh, the adrenaline hangover after the game was greater as a spectator than it was when he was on the pitch.
1: That's yeah. uh, mad. Absolutely you, mad. You must, you must know this as well, Yustin, Right? You must have a different relationship with with music, for example. Yeah. Now having you know not working not working directly in the industry as when you as when you did because it probably doesn't bring up the emotion you can enjoy it again as a fan i guess that's you know that's the the case with with gabadon is you know you get to enjoy it in a different way and it it's, it's better being a fan than it is being in being the in the sport. yeah i it? mean that's effectively what both of them
2: were saying where they were saying it felt more real it felt more uh they felt it on the edge of their fingertips they could the the high, the highs from you know 2016 were higher than even if they were playing which just sounds crazy doesn't it mm, nice. it really does yeah. but they, yeah that you know that just going back to the 20s there are individuals and there are players but you got to go back to that harrison keddy thing of it's going to take those players quite a while to to dan john looks really really sharp uh looks like a really good player and obviously from hewn from great rugby tradition um but they they need years to, to to to
1: get their experience yeah especially in the pack as well we've seen it with um with Derry lake as well it's you know he's you know i think he's he's a great he's a great prospect but again it's it's just difficult making that making that step up whether it's physicality or it's or it's something technical like line out throwing it's it's very very hard to, to do straight away
0: there's a, there's a flip side to that as well mine because uh costolo outside off um... You could argue he's already made the leap to regional rugby. He's been playing lots of games and he's, he's not standing out in this in this particular tournament. He did yeah. in yeah. the season before last Six Nations. He saw some good tries. Yeah. So, possibly the team cohesion is not quite where it is. So, no one is really shining. And if like, you, get, if and you, like get... you say, even if they do shine, it doesn't mean they're going to. Yeah. And if you're getting
1: if you're getting pumped up front, it's hard to look good at ten, isn't it? It's you know, it's, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're playing you're playing a different you know you're playing a different game. Ask Sam yeah. Davis what it's like playing for the Dragons <laughs> versus you know when he was when he was World Player of the Year in that 2013 World Junior Player of the Year in that 2013 side. So yeah, it's a it's a tricky one, but hopefully there are some bright sparks in the under 20s. So maybe in four years' time we'll be a bit more uh, cheerful than we are now. <laughs> If you want more if you want more of this misery we'll be back uh, we'll be back to, to bring you uh, to bring you some more of it I'm I've, I I just think we're probably this evening we're probably reflecting the uh the mood of uh, the mood of all Welsh rugby fans. See well. that
2: selection. You should have selected Killick. You see, you've made you, as as like this team Shall manager I? now. You've you've picked your Adam Beards, and actually you needed a you needed a basketball basketball playing sort of <laughs> optimistic second row to to get you through the game. Jed,
0: you know. I'm fairly yeah. sure he wouldn't have dwelt on Adam Beards weight either. I <laughs> know <laughs> for longer
1: than is necessary. He'd have gone for a haircut or something like that, wouldn't he, Dan? He'd have he'd have been looking at he'd have been looking at his his lid um yeah he'd yeah. have definitely he definitely had a look at, at something like that but yeah we will bring you uh we will bring you more of this uh more of this misery and hopefully some of the highs that go with uh that go with being a rugby fan because they do happen every now and again so uh if you want to uh if you want to stick with us then make sure you hit the subscribe button on apple podcast or however you listen to this and that way when we uh when we create some bonus podcasts you'll get that notification straight to your phone as well murph sticking the telly on because the football's about to begin that's it from us thanks to murph thanks to Yestin, and of course big thanks as always to our sponsors at so coffee trades if you want to get some quality coffee and you can do that at so tr- coffee trades.co.uk not so toffee trades as i very nearly said then right <laughs> we'll be back to chat rugby with you very very soon thanks for listening Podcast Network.